And welcome to the Root of All Eagles podcast. I'm your host, James Webb. And today, we got a ton of things to go through. We picked up a few rookie free agents and added a veteran on a one-year deal. So we'll kick off the show with those transactions and a little insight into their play styles. Later in the show, we're going to talk about the whole Jonathan Gannon situation and the tampering violation with the Arizona Cardinals. That all kind of happened as the draft was kicking off, so we missed it here, but we'll go over it today. Perhaps the most exciting item of the week is the start of rookie minicamp. We get a first glimpse of some of the newest young Eagles in training camp for the first time, and then we'll close out the show with a little roster analysis and maybe a couple of other additions we might want to make to shore up the rotation. So stay tuned. down the latest news about your beloved bird. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go! Hit it! And now, your host, James Webb. Fly, Eagles, fly. Free agents. The most well-known name is Dan Arnold, who we added to the tight end room on a one-year deal. He's been around for a few years now, having started out his career with the New Orleans Saints. Then he was with the Cardinals in 2020 when he kind of looked like he was going to break out as one of the league's up-and-coming pass-catching tight ends. Following that season, he was a free agent and signed a two-year deal with the Panthers, but was traded after just three weeks of the regular season to Jacksonville. Evan Ingram broke out, of course, for the Jags, which didn't help Arnold's case, and he kind of found himself buried on the depth chart. Only had 11 targets in 22, and he's sort of been forgotten about, but if you watch his 2020 tape, For Arizona, you'll see that he definitely has a lot of potential value as a pass-catching tight end. Obviously, the Eagles don't need him to come in and pick up 50 to 60 targets per game this season. We have Dallas Goddard for that. But Dan Arnold is a great signing for depth, and he could easily be the number two. It gives us some assurance should we see an injury to Goddard too. Last season, he played in 12 games missing five, and without him, the threat at tight end was heavily impacted. Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra had 24 receptions total between them last season. With Stoll's contribution maxing at three receptions for 41 yards against the Tennessee Titans in week 13. He only had more than one catch in one other game. So it's safe to say that we could use another player who can make an impact. And from what I know of Dan Arnold, he's an upgrade to the position group, which is already really nice to see. The Eagles continue to strengthen the roster to the point of adding precautionary value in the likes of Dan Arnold should something happen to Goddard. And even if Dallas is healthy all season, I could see Arnold popping up with a little value added. Philly added nine total undrafted free agents, and one of those could be a part of the battle for a roster spot at tight end. Bradley Russell played at Colorado. He's six foot three, 250 pounds. And he's a really nice pass blocking tight end for the value as an undrafted free agent. He's a strong kid with some speed about him. He might not be the fastest player on the field, but he can certainly get out of the gate and challenge linebackers over the middle and up the seam. Plus, with his ability as a pass blocker, he could end up earning himself a roster spot. There's some power in those hands, and he's certainly one of the main names to keep an eye on during rookie minicamp. A couple of other names to monitor during the preseason process. Jaden Hasselwood, wide receiver out of Arkansas. He 
He's a bigger body wide receiver who is absolutely in contention for a roster spot. He's six foot two, 215 pounds, and had over 700 receiving yards for the Razorbacks this past season after transferring in from Oklahoma. He tore his ACL in 2020, which affected his trajectory. But if you go back and look at his potential and his recruiting, people were expecting really big things from him. Hasselwood was a consensus five-star recruit coming out of high school with a .9966 grade and the number one receiver in the nation in his senior year. He had offers from Georgia, Auburn, Clemson, Florida, Michigan, Ohio State, you name it, he was on everybody's radar. He's a great contested pass catcher with prototypical size and all the tools to be a well-developed NFL receiver. But his college experience just didn't work out the way it was supposed to, which meant come draft time, he didn't have enough production to land on the team's radars. That being said, there's so much potential there, and he's a fun young receiver to root for during minicamp. I would definitely keep an eye on him. Then there's Eli Ricks, cornerback out of Alabama, who at one point was expected to be one of the best corners in the nation at LSU. He's yet another former five-star recruit who had offers all over the country. He's got the ideal size for a pro-level corner at 6'2", 190, and he was a genuine playmaker as a freshman with the Tigers in 2020. He had four interceptions and four pass breakups and only allowed 13 receptions on 28 targets, which had many expecting him to continue to develop into one of the best defensive back prospects in college football. He transferred from LSU to Alabama ahead of the 22 season, where he then faced injury concerns that cost him game time and he was struggling to be 100%. He ended up kind of stuck on the bench and his transfer hadn't really worked out the way he wanted to. Some were surprised that he declared for the draft when maybe one more year in Nick Saban's Alabama team could have really bumped his stock, but he instead chose the prove it route in the NFL and landed with the Eagles as an undrafted free agent. I get the feeling that he might be a bit of a handful, and there are rumors of him struggling at Alabama practices. Talent-wise, he's worth the flyer without a doubt, and again, a name to keep a firm eye on during training camp. So let's talk about minicamp. What have we learned so far? It's only been a few days, but here are a couple of takeaways. First of all, second round pick Tyler Steen was repping with his starters at left guard. Initially, I didn't think we'd see much of him in his rookie year as he has some areas to develop, in particular the run game, but maybe he gets some reps on the interior this year. Both Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith were present and Nolan Smith immediately looks like a leader out there. He's leading all the drills, offering support to his new teammates and fellow rookies. I don't think anybody is giving more effort out there than Smith is, and that's really cool to see. Smith is already becoming a fan favorite amongst Eagles fans for his energy and character. He seems thrilled to be in Philly and has already spoken about how excited he is to pick the brains of Hassan Reddick. Nolan is going to be a really nice pickup for us. I can just feel it. And on top of that, the ability to be able to pick Hassan Reddick's brain for the start of his young career is going to be absolutely essential. Hassan Reddick was one of the best linebackers for rushing the quarterback last year. So it'll be interesting to see how he's able to help Nolan Smith progress there. Over to Jalen Carter. He also looks good. 
Although questions have come up about his conditioning, Coach Sirianni had to defend him this week by saying he'll be in prime condition when he needs to be, and there's no need to make anything more of it than that. Nick Sirianni also said that, of course, it's the beginning of rookie minicamp and everybody was out of shape. So that's the kind of thing that you can typically see after the college football season where everybody is going on vacation and they're kind of enjoying themselves. I don't think this is anything to worry about because this is what mini camp and training camp and preseason is for. So, of course, we're going to keep on monitoring the fitness level of Jalen Carter, but I wouldn't be too worried about the situation right now. It's still way early. More about Jalen Carter. Obviously, he won a national championship. Perhaps he's enjoyed himself over the last couple months, like I said, and I don't doubt we'll see the work ethic from him to be in premium shape by the time the season comes around. One of the key things with both of these guys on day one is the fact that they look both ready to contribute this season. We're going to see plenty of them. Sidney Brown looks good. He's getting some buzz out of camp for his athletic ability. That young man can jump. And he's a really nice athlete to have on the back end, another potential starter this season. Also really excited about Jaden Hasselwood, though. Every year, I try to learn a few things about fringe guys and understand their stories. So when it comes to preseason games and the process of cutting down the roster, I have a guy I'm rooting for to make the final 53. And this season, it could be that young man. I hope to hear good things about him. He looks the part early on. And he'll be competing with the likes of Tyree Cleveland, who came over from Denver, and Britton Covey, who is another rookie that was a five-year college player at Utah. I suppose we should address the tampering situation with Jonathan Gannon heading to Arizona, which was kind of a strange press release from the NFL dropping the story five minutes before the NFL draft kicked off. And if you guys can remember, it was kind of funny because... Howie Roseman kind of joked about having additional draft picks in next year's draft. And then he was like, nah, just kidding. But when you look at it, it makes a little bit more sense now because five minutes before the NFL draft kicked off, this press release came out. It was very quickly brushed under the carpet and almost purposefully covered up. But the fact is that Arizona broke the rules. Philly fans and even a couple of players, myself being included in those fans, had plenty to say about Jonathan Gannon's performance and play calling for the defense during the Super Bowl. And now it looks even worse considering he was in contact with the Arizona Cardinals for a head coaching role before the job was finished. The Cardinals claim that they made one phone call about the potential for the job prior to the accepted interview timing and overall process. Apparently, that call was to inform Gannon that as soon as he was done trying to help the Eagles win the Super Bowl, they wanted to bring him in to interview for the head coaching role. The word is that Gannon was then planning to present a plan to the Cardinals the day after the Super Bowl which would have obviously taken a large amount of time away from his preparation to play the Chiefs, which might explain why the defense was completely incapable of stopping Kansas City's motion in the red zone, leading to two easy touchdowns. It did work out favorably for the Eagles in terms of future capital, with the Cardinals swapping third-round picks with Philly. This likely means the Eagles will improve their position in the third round of the draft should they outperform the Cardinals, who are expected to be in for a pretty rough run this coming season. 
Gannon has apologized and the two sides have settled the issue, but it's not a great look for the Cardinals GM Monty Austin for it, who could have only been in the job a matter of days or weeks before breaking the rules. Anyway, the roster's looking good, man. I feel really good about it. We have a ton of depth in a lot of places, young players coming through, rookies from last year looking to make an impact this year. The Eagles are in, a, in really good shape. Let's just touch on a couple of spots we could potentially look to fill out a little bit more. I think both spots I'd like to firm up a touch are linebacker spots. If you look at N'Kobe Dean's role as the Mike linebacker, I'm not sure who else we have if he gets hurt or if he struggles to handle the moment as a young player. He was a leader for the Bulldogs and he was great there too. I don't doubt he can do the job. But you're putting a lot of faith behind that being true. And if it's not, right now, we don't really have too much depth behind him or a backup plan. I'd be looking for a vet to come in there and play behind him. Somebody who has the versatility to cover multiple alignments at linebacker, ideally. So go and get Deion Jones. He was traded to Cleveland last season, didn't really work out there, and he's now a free agent. He's a very gifted middle linebacker who was running the Falcons defense for several years. He's still only 28 years old, needs a landing spot, and if you're looking for depth and rotation, he'd be great. The only argument against this is the cost, I guess. If you're looking for depth, Deion Jones might be a little too expensive and he probably is going to want starter money. There's cheaper options. Kwan Alexander has had some issues staying healthy, but he could be a cheap value pickup to add to the linebacker group. Or Jayon Brown, even Corey Littleton, feels like solid depth. Then we have Nicholas Morrow coming in to play the outside linebacker role on the opposite side of Hassan Reddick. But his deal was only a one year on just over a million dollars, I believe. So there's room there to add competition. Leonard Floyd is available and look at the job he did for the Rams these past couple of years. He was one of the best pickups they had. 36 sacks in three seasons, that's a 12 sack per season average. And he was able to be so productive because the Rams were so dangerous through the middle. He can come off the edge as a stand-up linebacker or put his hand in the dirt. Wow. Imagine adding Leonard Floyd to the defense we're building. It's over. You can hand us the NFC now. According to SportTrack, the Eagles have an estimated $14.5 million in cap space right now, with a couple of tweaks that could increase a little, and we have the space to at least add one more difference maker before the season begins. We already have arguably the most competitive roster in the NFL right now on paper. It's outrageous how good we look. But if I could go and get one more guy, it's Leonard Floyd. Thanks so much for watching this episode of Root of All Eagles podcast with your host, James Webb. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Root of All Eagles. And we'll see you in the next episode where we're going to be talking about the NFL dropping the new schedule for the 23 season. Right now, I've already heard today, it's Wednesday the 10th today. And we already found out that the Eagles and the Giants are going to be playing on Christmas Day and then we also believe that the Eagles and the Chiefs are going to be playing week two in a Super Bowl rematch. So there's looking like a lot of excitement so far as far as the schedule goes for the Eagles. But we'll look more into that next episode. We'll look at some other things as we continue to move forward in this offseason. We'll see you next time. Thanks for checking out another episode of... 
Root of All Eagles podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Root of All Eagles. And make sure you stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah.